on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on you. Welcome, 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 welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-R-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full Night Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Carl, hey, welcome, Mike. welcome, welcome. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're in rare form, but it's not so rare. Thanks for oh, having me. I'm always excited at the beginning of the show. This is a two-hour show, so hey, we start off our show fresh. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can by using our acronym. It's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We have a fantastic YouTube channel that Carl uh, moderates, I guess, or tolerates. I mean, we watch a full-length movie on YouTube, and we do this every week. We stream first on mutinyradio.fm. We're on it right now, every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 11 (laughs) a.m. Hawaii. What is it, Mountain? It's 11 a.m. Hawaii time, <laughs> 2 p.m. Los Angeles time, 5 p.m. Uh, Jersey City time. Wait a minute. You don't call it San Francisco time anymore, you snub. You're L.A. now. I'm in, I'm in Los Angeles. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, well, the station does broadcast from L.A. and uh, from right. uh, San, San Francisco. Francisco. Yes. yes. Listen, people, call it Frisco. Just do it. Bite the bullet. Be, do something new. Call it Frisco. Oh, yes. Well, you know, back in my hometown of San Fran. Mm. Ooh. Oh, uh. the gay area. How dare you call it? Just call it Frisco. Frisco. People call it Frisco. There's no no shame in the game. San Fran is a shameful thing, but, you know, people Janice don't learn. Joplin called it Frisco. Uh-huh. Hippies call it Frisco. Yeah. William yeah. S. Burroughs called it Frisco. Yeah, he shot his wife. Oh, but that doesn't mean any. Okay, never mind. So it's a rich history of the Bay Area. MutinyRadio.fm is part of it. You can go to MutinyRadio.fm, hit the donation button, send some money. You can send it through Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Helps the station out a lot. We're going to watch a full length movie on YouTube. We want you to listen to the show as audio while watching the video on YouTube at the same time for a multimedia extravaganza. Oh, it's titillating. Multimedia. So, uh, Carl, what is the movie today? Today we are watching Finders Keepers 1984. Finders Keepers 1984. I don't need to spell that for you. And the channel we like is a little weird. It looks like 4YPMOE, 
but it's not a four. It's like a Greek symbol or a Russian symbol or a Eastern. It looks like a foreign print of the movie, but it is actually in English. So don't don't fret. Mm. They were able to to post it. So go ahead, find the Greek Russian letters. It's the only one that has Wait a second. I'm mistaken. The channel's called PYCTAM. PYCTAM. Sorry about that. Oh, I think that's the same one I have. All right, well, sounds good. So here's the trick. We want you to go into your YouTube and don't worry, take your time. We're going to have a fantastic segment right before the movie. So chill out. All right. But the movie's called Finders Keepers 1984. You're going to find a foreign link. That is, of course, you are a cis white male like us in, in America. It looks pretty foreign to us. It is <laughs> Greek or Russian. It's Y-A-P-B-Y. Anyway, click the link. It's the, the only one is full name. Hit pause, move your timer to zero, zero, zero. And when we say go, uh, go ahead and hit the go button. So take your time. We're really excited. The person who's going to say go is a celebrity comedian as mm -hmm. part of our weekly celebrity comedian countdown with Carl. And this is a great segment that Carl produces. He talks to one of the many great comics out here uh, in the Bay Area and uh, in Los Angeles in New Jersey. Uh, Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Ryan Lodge. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I say Ryan Lodge, but that's not how you appear on Facebook. You're Ryan Patrick on Facebook. I mean, could you get any more Irish? What's up there? How can you get your name? I know. You can't trust somebody with two first names, right? Um, <laughs> So I, I guess, uh, yeah, my real name is Ryan Lodge, but my, uh, I guess my stage name is Ryan Patrick, honestly, because uh, my wife is a teacher and uh, not that I do any kind of crazy material that would, you know, be deemed offensive or, you know, rated NC-17, but just in case, I always do my, uh, my first and my middle name. Oh, so. your middle name is Patrick, so that's how you arrived at that. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to think. I was like, should I get something cool? But I couldn't think of anything cool. And then if it's like too forced, then it doesn't, it, it would just look weird. And then do I go just by Ryan? And I'm like, ah, I don't think I can pull that off. Like, right. So I just did the first and middle name. So when people bring you up, you are Ryan Patrick. For the most part, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's still a couple people, and this is somewhat recent um, that I've kind of started going by Ryan Patrick, I guess. Uh, it's somewhat recent, so I will get, you know, Ryan Lodge here and there, but to be honest, I don't, I don't really, I don't really care. As long as my stuff, you know, that's in writing on the internet is Ryan Patrick, I'm fine with it. That makes sense, and you don't know what people will get um offended by or have a complaint about you know or exactly mentioned yeah because you know so you are down in like south jersey you do a lot of philly stuff how long have you been doing comedy and you have you been ba basically based out of there the whole time uh no so actually i grew up in south jersey i grew up right outside of uh, like Cherry Hill, uh, way down south. And I live up in, uh, like, right north of Morristown, kind of close to Wayne. And so I live in North Jersey. And I've done comedy for, I feel like it's been on and off forever. I remember I started, uh, well, I tried, keyword is tried. 
I tried comedy for the first time when I was in college and I bombed in like front of maybe 150 people. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. And it was seven minutes of silence. And I went in like feeling so confident, feeling good. And it was a brutal bomb. So I stopped stand up, but I shifted over to improv and I did about three years of improv in Philadelphia. Then I moved up north um with my girlfriend now wife at the time and i found uh there's a theater called rhino theater in suffern and did improv there for about i think it was like two years and eventually i just got the stand-up bug i'm like i gotta do it and ever since then it's been 100 percent stand-up uh i love it. it's like a beautiful What's the word? It's a beautiful struggle, I guess you could say, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now, I know you do comedy at Rhino. I know that you're the host there on Thursdays very often for their mics. There's two mics there. So what, it was a natural transition from improv to comedy there, or did you go away and come back again? No, it was funny. Like, while I was doing improv, um, the woman that owns the theater, Maria, she... Yeah. She she gave me a chance and she's like, oh, you should try hosting the open mics for stand up. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Like, I was freaking out and I'm like, OK, fine, I'll try. And I tried it and it was a lot of fun. And the people are so freaking awesome. Like all the comedians, like I, I think a lot of people out that that aren't uh, actively doing comedy or have always thought about doing comedy. I don't think they realize how awesome of a community it is and how friendly everybody is. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's so cool. So once I started doing, um, hosting open mics, that's when I got the bug and I just really wanted to get more and more involved with stand up and started just doing open mics and just kind of really dove into it. So if anybody is thinking about it, uh, definitely do it. Nobody is intimidating. They might, people might look intimidating, but comedians are awesome people. Now, you've also got it going on on YouTube. You're working on this pilot. It's called New Joke City. Now, I know you're not old enough to remember New Jack City. That's <laughs> where that title comes from. You, what, Richie Dugan and DC are with you there? Tell me about this pilot. Yeah, so it's called uh, New Joke City. And what the idea behind it is... Uh, Richie Dugan ended up having this idea. He wanted to interview comics and he also wanted to kind of show uh, the contrasting of material on the street and in an actual club. So they, I, I got super lucky. They wanted me to host the, the show. And I said, of course, it was such a great idea. And this other guy, DC in the city, He's in video production, super, super professional, and he takes these ideas and makes them a reality. So uh, Richie and DC, they work together. And for the past, uh, what is it, October, July? I'd say like three, four months, um, we've interviewed almost 10 comedians just in the streets of New York City, whether it was in the Bronx, Washington Square Park, uh, Union Square Park. And then we'll actually do a five-minute set in public uh in front of oh, really? random people yeah so that's been so interesting you see so many different characters and it's great to just see the city just what's the word i'm looking for raw is that a good 
way to put it. Yeah, raw. And then turn on the camera and whatever happens, <laughs> happens you're doing street comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And then magic. It, it's 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 really cool. And then at the end of the series, um, like after every five, six comedians we interview, uh, they they put on a show, like an actual uh like an actual show with all those comedians featuring, and you get to see. I guess the difference between that material working on the street, the same exact material working on stage in a club. And the difference is unbelievable. Yeah, I'm sure there's a contrast there. Now, DC is Dave Carey. Is he from DC? No, no, no. He's uh he's from Central Jersey. But uh but yeah, we started working together uh during the pandemic, actually, um, through Zoom comedy. So yeah, crazy how it just kind of all worked out like that yeah zoom it's a new world and i don't think it's going away quick i think it eventually will go away but it'll be years now that we all know about it yeah oh my gosh yeah yeah so listen ryan how can people find you out there on the internet on social media what's your tags and and uh, <laughs> on the twitter grams and the snapple chats Oh man. Well, let's see. I, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Ryan <laughs> as Ryan Patrick. Ryan. Um I think on Instagram my name is Ryan Patrick Comic. Very uh original. Um and I'm not really on Twitter that much. I just feel like during the day, I, I don't know. Some people tweet all throughout the day. I kind of wish I had that time. Uh so I'm mainly just on Instagram and Facebook and then um and then YouTube. YouTube will have New Joke City come out. Uh I think it's around November we'll have everything out and about. And yeah, it'll be uh it'll be fun. So yeah, YouTube, Instagram, and uh Facebook. So this should be airing in November. So people go out there and look for New Joke City. I think this is the uh if you want to be entertained, I mean, you know, with the street comedy and everything, I think this is the one to check out. So, oh, yeah. Okay, now everyone at home is poised to watch this movie with us in the studio. We're all going to press play at the exact same time. So, Ryan, why don't you take it away and give us that celebrity comedian countdown? Okay, ready? I've been practicing, so <clears throat> hopefully this is good. All right, ready? Three, two, one, go. That was awesome. That was a great comedian, uh, celebrity comedian countdown, Carl. I, I thought so. Them. Yeah. And we're going to start off with a unicorn. It's a CBS theatrical film, which I think Young Doctors in Love, uh, directed by Gary Marshall, was the first one. And then they had a big, like, drama hit. And then they had movies like this. Yeah, that's right. This was a serious movie. It was a Hollywood movie. It was a $7 million budget. And they made over $1 million. So it was a good flop. So it was a $7 million budget, yeah. and they made back one point something, yeah. Is it because their title credit looks like Close Encounters of the Third Kind of TV show? <laughs> that's just the that's just the 80s for you. No, maybe it's Michael O'Keefe, the, the one no one remembers from Caddyshack. That is right. He is the guy you know from Caddyshack. And he oh, got that nice him. Irish girl pregnant. Isn't he married to or was married to a country star? Bonnie Raitt, of all people. I'll oh. be right back. I just have to let the dogs in because, unfortunately, Mutiny Radio Studio will not open the door for me. Hold on. I know. That's a terror. Well, we are setting up here in a mansion, a nice little airless 
movie. This is directed by Richard Lester, who, of course, made those delightful Beatle movies and those less delightful Superman sequels. But he has a very deft touch. Not the next a good movie. I like that movie. I saw that. I like his Beatles movies. Help is funny. So this is kind of like a uh, parading down Broadway movie as the jokes will be <laughs> parading down Broadway. Carl, don't you think the jokes will be Pamela Stevenson? And what we're seeing right now is a sort of break-in, but the truth is it's the daughter and a lover, and they know right where the safe is, and they know the codes, and they're going to sure. take a bunch of money. As a matter of fact, it'll be $5 million. and that's $5 million in 1984. So, you know, right. it's pretty pretend money because it's a script any old way, so it's worth zero real dollars. They're going to heist it right now. Look, she's got to hold the bag. She would make a lousy deal or no deal uh, spokeswoman. <laughs> the joke that happened here is she was like ready to, oh, my lover, and kiss him and have a passionate moment. And he's like, come on, come on, open the safe. Uh, she's still trying to seduce him? It, seduce is not the word. They're already together. She's trying to be romantic, and he's just not interested. And you're right. This is Pamela Stevenson. Um she, Sorry, I had to hear what music was playing. There they go in their already rich person's car, but they're stealing $5 million. Ooh, um, is that Jim Carrey? No, Jim Carrey will show up, though. But well, his name showed up. It's in the credits. Yeah. Don't get excited for him. It's his second film ever, and he has a... It isn't a bit part, but it kind of is. You'll see. He does okay, but you don't know he's a talented person. He just does his job, which is to, his character is like a dummy. So he just acts like, what, what was his first movie? Oh, um, his all, all in good taste. 1983 was his first movie. Now, Ooh, I did, when, yeah. You think that's one of those sketch comedy show movies? I, yeah. That, that's the thing. I, I did not research Jim Carrey. We all know who he is and, so much about him. So I didn't look it up. We so I don't know what kind of film it was or his history. You know, the elevator pitch, they, that's how they got the music. They were in the elevator and they heard the music and they said, perfect. Open credits. <laughs> the only thing I looked up for Jim Carrey was what was he doing exactly at the second this film was made? What he was Oakland. doing. Hey, there's Mr. Sandwich. This is Oakland. I guess this is the Greyhound or the... Uh, Okay, this is pretending to be Oakland, California, but the okay. truth is it's Alberta, Canada. Interesting, because I've been to the train station in Oakland, and uh, I can't place it. Well, I was going to bring that up to you, because we're going to see the train station um, and its sign and everything, and, and you, you're going to probably laugh, because it's certainly not Oakland, California. Well, it's a famous station. It's where Jack London Square uh, is, and they have mm -hmm. a, a long uh, street perpendicular to the pier, and there's a tr you know a train uh, tracks on that street and long gotcha. But there's there's an Amtrak nearby there. Like if you're in San Francisco and you're like, oh, I am cosmopolitan, I would like to take an Amtrak from <laughs> San Francisco. You would go on a bus, and the bus would take you to Oakland. Mm -hmm. And from Oakland, that's the same with Greyhound. Uh, the Greyhound will take you to uh, 
the start of the the bus line in Oakland. No, I think it stops off there. But I, I've taken the Amtrak. I, you know, the train. You had to go take a bus over there. But it's fun. It's a beautiful spot. So he's managing a roller derby crew. Yeah. Okay. So we're meeting Michael O'Keefe here. His name is Michael Rangeloff, and what he is is like uh, a sort of. He's not really a con man or something. He's just going from odd job to odd job, trying to scam people and do stuff. And currently, yeah, he's the coach of a rollerball team. You know, and he like get. Uh, sorry, roller. No rollerball. That that game must have existed back in '84. Well, the movie was out. Everyone knew Rollerball, right? Yeah, there was two movies. There's a remake. Uh, yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah. So this is in between remake, uh, in between movies. Rollerball. I really enjoyed the first one. I thought it was really good, and it had Sunny from Godfather in it. <laughs> yeah, right. It had a lot of solar uh, rollerballs. I don't like solar ball babies. Let's see. That. No, have you ever seen All the Marbles? Wasn't that a, no, that was a wrestling movie with Peter Falk. No, I didn't. Do you recommend it for my DVD? No. Drew, Drew Barrymore is in a good movie called Whip It. I would recommend that. And that's with uh, Andrew uh, okay. Wilson. Whip It. Through... Andrew Wilson from Church Ball is in Whip It. And it's about oh. Drew Barrymore joining a roller boogie, a roller disco derby. Okay. Team. I'll check it out. And there if you was see, a... uh, look at that, comedic, entering Oakland. So is this really Oakland? No, it's Alberta, Canada. Look at that tower there. You ever see that in Oakland? No, i never seen that pointy tower. <laughs> <laughs> never seen a house like that. Okay, oh, no, here so... is like, now it's a crime scene. And so the cops will be there and the FBI will come in. Look, I got to try to get this dog in again. I'm sorry. There we go. Now this is not California. No, this is North Carolina, right? Didn't they, they announce where the house was? Oh, look at this. The same actor. Let's play the... He's, he's late for Felix and Oscar's poker game. You don't think that cop is like an husband and everything? I think so. Oh, no, I got an ad. Jeepers Creepers. No, I didn't get an ad. It's just the same movie. It just switched. We're at a church. Maybe it's an ad for Jesus Christ. Hey, okay, movie I'm patrons. Back. They're both inside now. My wife's in Florida. My kid is sleeping. Everything's cool. Oh, you got the dogs in? You yeah, did, right? You got the dogs in? And then uh, your, your kids are, quote, unquote, sleeping. And uh, your wife is, quote, unquote, at a, at a business meeting. No, she's in Florida because there was a passing. And two of the kids are at college. It's just the one boy upstairs sleeping. And stop making me a, quote, unquote, guy. <laughs> oh, hey, look, it's Jim Carrey. So there, he's on the run from the rollerball team. Meanwhile, they're investigating that robbery okay and these two things will come together and marry each other on a train okay now that makes no sense so an oakland uh roller derby uh embezzler and uh con men stealing money from their okay they're gonna meet on a train i got you 
Why don't you say that sooner? Yeah. Well, I was letting the movie do the talking. You know, this is Anne Rand's least favorite train movie, followed by Atlas Shrugged, part one, two, and three. <laughs> so now, you know, he's he's got a moment of reprise, and it's going to turn into a situation in which he's basically sleeping with a woman in the bath upstairs. That's how slick he is. That's Brian Dennehy, right? That is Michael O'Keefe. No, not Michael O'Keefe, the guy in the blue suit. Uh-oh. I don't know what minute you're at. Uh, I'll pause it. That's the only way I can do it. No, I'm at 210. Two minutes and oh. 10 seconds? Yeah, wait, why is that like that? Mike, I'm going to have to kill you. We're going to have to start the episode over. Oh, no. You know what? It, it switched. It switched to Jim Carrey. Yeah, we got to do this another time. All right, I'm stopping. The, I'm pausing. Oh, right. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay, we are back in sync at 1036. <laughs> yep. Oh, is this a uh, oh, move over Knives Out, right? Didn't Knives Out try to be as funny as this movie? I don't know Knives Out. This guy was in, um, he played a sitcom where him and his wife switched places, right? Um, the guy on the left, the, the police officer is John Shook. John Shook, yeah. Star Trek connection. And the guy on the right was on the Bob Newhart show. What was his Star Trek connection? Um, he was in. Um, uh, he was a Klingon, in. Oh, brother! Here it is. He was the Klingon ambassador in the Voyage Home, which was the fourth episode with the whales, and then he was back as the same guy in Star Trek Five. He also was in Deep Space Nine once and Voyager once. Wow. And that shows Star Trek F Enterprise, which was probably Scott Bakula's vehicle. Yeah, at a certain point, I got lost, I think. We just watched her give him a blowjob, right, underneath the bathtub? Yeah, that's right. That's how slick he is. He's got his way into this woman's bed. But she was willing to do it. Now, he was at the scene of the crime. He bumbled like an idiot. So now he's coming home to, you know, get on new clothes. And of course, he will discover his wife in bed with another man. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. It's a very wet bed. Eating, it's a eating water bed. Buns. Now, this movie is takes place in 1973, even though it's an 84 film, because it's Vietnam era. And they're on a water bed. Water beds were very popular in the 70s. Oh, yeah, sure. They're so hard, like, I don't know what to do when they get soft. I mean, is there something I need to add? If your waterbed is soft, you probably need to put it in the freezer okay. or lower the air conditioning in your room to sub-zero. Yeah, you need it to, it, it's a freezing process. You know, I like to get the millennial uh, waterbed that comes in a box and you open it up and it opens up. And you they just put the entire waterbed mattress in a box. It's incredible. And you sync it to your phone and you sync it to your phone. Oh, oh 
Look, caught. he can't hold his breath. Caught. Caught. Look at that chest. That's a classic 80s, 70s chest. Just nondescript. Oh, it's a cop. They're doing this dumb ploy that he's the plumber's son. And okay, I think it's all fixed. There's spider webs in this bathroom? Really? Yeah. yeah. Look, like behind them. Oh, those are spider plants. <laughs> well, uh, it's so funny. It's a gun up his butt. <laughs> We've all been there, am I right? <laughs> oh my God, that's the least favorite part of these hot tubs. Hot bath. Hello. Oh, look at that Yakuza tattoo on the back of his, uh, his back. Giant dragon. Kwai Chow Chang. Really holding up that uh, police car. He was a Sholin. Right. He was nice enough to hold up that police car for them. So is this still Michael O'Keefe? Yeah. We're getting backstory like, you know, a man named Century. You know, we're like learning about you came from a foster home. Like we're learning backstory. Oh, good. Yeah. Because once we're on the train, it's all, all systems go. <laughs> Well, Sentry, the guy they're referring to, that's a person's name, Sentry. He will show up later. So they're setting us up for that. Oh, Sentry worked at the foster home? Yeah, well, he was also a member of the foster home, but he had like 12 years on this, on Michael O'Keefe. So he was like a mentor kind of guy in like yeah. being a con man. And now we're seeing a flashback of it at the orphanage. Are you okay, Michael O'Keefe? Michael Let me pick you up, and I might happen to be Lewis Gossett Jr. Great. Wow. Would you it's take a picture of us? Yeah. So he, they're both in the foster home, and he picked them up. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you mean, picked them up. Well, he got them out of trouble and lifted them. In his yeah. arms. Yeah. <laughs> he like, like, like he picked him up. With his arms. You're so literal. Uh-oh. Oh, hiding from uh -oh. the roller. Roller derbyist. Yeah. Six o'clock. Crash. Oh, my goodness. Maybe uh -oh. our hero will take advantage of this to run away. As if the back door of a cop car would be unlocked. In mine in 1984. They don't really know. It's Reagan's America. 73, 73, it was Nixon's America. Oh, 73, right, right. And in Oakland, boy, you know, you got all those. Now, they've got the money that they stole in a hearse, and this is their cover, okay? Oh, it's uh, in the hearse, the $5 driver million. Guy and the, uh, $5 million is in the hearse. Driver guy and grieving widow. That's a perfect scam. Oh, it's going to work. It reminds me of Sting, because what a great Sting. <laughs> Last episode was, no, when was that? Yeah, it was a couple episodes. Brimstone and Treacle, that was last month, I guess. Yeah, just listen to it. Army-Navy store. But it's a hippie in the Army-Navy store. So he's got a watch that's worth money, so he wants to hawk it for clothes. Meanwhile, here we are at Oakland train station, and clearly from yeah, all the years in Oakland, you can see that it's Oakland train station. 
It has to be the real Oakland, right? Why would they they actually bought a train a uh, sign? Yeah, they bought a sign that says Oakland. <laughs> this uh, is Alberta, Canada. This is Alberta, Canada. It's um Leith so he got clothes, but it's Army Navy store, so all he has all they have are uniforms. Right. So he's gonna even wear the McDonald's hat. He is stealing some valor. So I won't list them all, but there's a bunch of cities in the province of Alberta. That's where this is shot. And it was the second one for this director because he had just finished Superman 3 in Alberta. Superman 3, hot off the heels, 1983. Mm -hmm. Dick Lester was our director. Lois, this food is delicious. Clark, you're eating dog food. <laughs> yeah, there it is, Oakland. It says Oakland. So, so it must be true. Is it Amtrak or is it like Am? I can't see with the pixels. It's called Amrail. So they don't even have like well, right? Because there's not a monopoly. There's the but there's the uh, Harry Krishna's on the train station. Yes, that's right. And this yeah. he's trying to sell him a book about George Harrison. It'll change your life. Interesting. Is there a callback? They introduced the novel of George Harrison in the first act. No. Now he's a pretend military guy and he just walked into Oakland with her. There's a lot of military guys. Look, they're even playing dice. There was Port of Oakland. There was a naval base, right? Or army base. I did uh I was down there and saw the theater there. It was beautiful. You know, like the Presidio, the military was there until the eighties, basically. Uh-huh. You know? Maybe Mark Harmon's movie, The Presidio, and then... MPs are coming. Everybody clear out of here. Look at this comedy. Just parades down Broad Street. Now, remember, he's a civilian in a... in a Right. Stolen valor. Now, look, you see the flag? He left it. But he didn't leave it. It's not his. It's those other guys who ran away. So the MPs are like, this your flag? And he goes, yeah. So he goes and gets it, and the MPs think that something's wrong. Something's wrong. So they want to follow him to check him out. Right. Well, maybe it's because he's wearing uh, a McDonald's hat. Given to him from the Army Navy hippie. The Army Navy hippie gave him a uniform. So he quickly sees a coffin. So he says to the guy, Stop! He goes, there's five bucks in it for you if you stop. So the guy stops. <laughs> and he drapes the flag he coincidentally found in the bathroom on the coffin. And they're like, oh, this guy's escorting a, you know, fallen hero. You know, like they just, he gets away. It, it, this is actually funny because he doesn't know military. So he's going, <laughs> you know, when he's doing the salutes and stuff. That's it. But why why is Dennis Weaver and uh what's her name like not just going up to the guy and be like give me my coffin? Because there's five million dollars in it and they got a scam going on. Everything's gotta be quiet, you know. You can't go and make a big scene. This is my coffin, you know. Telephones, Bay Area hotels. You sure this is not Oakland? I'm I'm you it tell says, me you live it there. Says Bay Area hotels. They're not doesn't look like Canadian phone booths. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, you could use a phone, uh, payphone. 
Now, the guy on the left, you don't recognize him because he's usually bald in movies, but he he doesn't do a good job in this movie, but he's been in a million things. Right. Uh, let's see, more than 200 films and TV episodes, career of 40 years. I can't say one thing in here you'd go, oh, that guy, because he's always the thug, the character actor. Like, okay, he was in The Longest Yard, but I'm sure he was just one of the football dudes. He was in The French Connection, too. I'm sure he was one of the cops or one of the mobsters, you know? Right. He was in Wagons East. Amrail. Right. Six. Now, the Silver Streak in 1976, right. which was before this, was called Am Road. And the internet thinks they were trying to not, you know, well, they can't say, you know, it's strange. I, I'm pretty sure it was the only train company in town in the 80s, you know. They still had a monopoly. What? Amway? Well, <laughs> uh, uh, not Amway. Yeah, the the rails. Amway. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, Listen, it's not a pyramid scheme. That's yesteryear. Amway is... No, a, not Amway. Amtrak. <laughs> I Amtrak. Yeah. It's for, for American Tractor. Oh. Tractor. Oh. You learn something new that you already knew every day. Yeah, see? <laughs> and the DC stands for District of Columbia. Oh. Ooh, I, oh. I just learned that again. Something I already know. <laughs> so is he hanging out with the conductor? Yeah, and the joke is, like, you know, he's like, I'm escorting this debt my dead friend or this fallen hero but the joke is that like he's the world's oldest train conductor and 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 you know the president made him a promise that he could it is saying like well i could tell you all the presidents if you go back and he gets the president's names wrong it's it's not very funny but it's the shtick he does throughout the film all right oh so he's a regular yeah, he will be a player. We're in Act 2 now, and we're meeting our B characters that will support his plot. His, you know. Did, did you like this movie? Was this a romp that you embraced? No. This movie, no. It. I'm trying to... No. Let's, let's talk about our favorite train movies, right? You mentioned Silver Street. No, but this isn't a really a train movie. A bunch oh. of it takes place on a train, but that's not where it starts or ends. Oh, the interesting. Whole act three will be off the train. Oh, all right. Well, I take that back. The answer <laughs> is Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is a weird concept. Is that the one where it's like a a totalitarian train? Yeah, it was just like French comic and uh, it kind of had the movie ending and then it continued. And I think the illustrator passed away, but it had a very bleak resolution. And then another artist took it over and came up with a conclusion and then came up with a prequel that explains uh -huh. how the world came to be what it was. Yeah, I'd like to know that because it's the dumbest thing. How can the world all of a sudden have to be on a train that never stops? Well, eco-terrorists are fucking with the uh, climate control and they're going to try to obliviate the, uh, the world for so nature can resume is a radical disposition. Meanwhile, this kind of Bill Gates character uh, creates a train and he gives out 
Matt, golden tickets. But by the time it gets to all the cities, it's just a mob of people trying to get on these trains. Uh-huh. There he had the rich people on there. And then all the poor people will just kind of shove themselves in the back. And then the train goes off. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, Beverly D'Angelo. We like her. She is maybe something nice about this film, but it's just not good enough to make it to save the film. But she's the best character in it. Right. Here we have a joke. It's the guy, you know, the woman in the bathtub with the chief of police. You know, and it's like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, right. I couldn't believe it, he said. There she is. She's going to speak to him finally. Reno. You sure it's not Bay Area? Because Reno's close to Oakland. Yeah, the train is now in Reno. And we are in Lethbridge, Alberta. Are they in Reno, California or, or Reno, Nevada? Uh, Reno, California, most likely. I don't know the answer. It doesn't really matter. They're on a train no, trip. I, I'm thinking of, uh, thinking of Lake Tahoe. That shares two states. Uh, right. uh, in this fictitious movie, they will go from California to Demer- Nebraska, okay? And okay. are we in Reno, California or Reno, Nevada? I mean... We're in Nevada. I guess. We're moving right along. In search of good times and good friends. Together we'll nab it. Something silly, rabbit. Right. Tricks are for kids, silly rabbit. Moving right along in search of. We'll hitchhike bus and yellow cab it. Why am I singing that stupid song? I'm ripping it now. Okay, now. As you know, the coffin got away from the widow and the chauffeur, okay? The bad, our bad guys. So he's saying, like, if you get on this train, oh, uh, you're a dead man to him, you know? And, okay, he goes, look, that's the FBI. I got you a private plane in Reno. You've got to, you know, meet me in Ogden, Utah. Gotcha. And she's like, still like, come on, darling, <laughs> you know. That shtick will go away, but that's currently their shtick. She wants to be romantic and he's all business. Right. Get on that train. No. Okay, yeah, now Beverly D'Angelo and Michael O'Keefe meet and they will be together for the rest of the film. She is saying faggot and retard over and over and over. Really? Yes. I was wondering why this movie was rated G. (laughs) Why don't you go ahead and put up the sound? Just so you can stop the sound as soon as we hear a faggot or a retard. Hi. Good for you. Oh, shit, shit. Sit, sit, doggy. I think he made that part up just so you can say those words. Oh, really? You turn the sound off? Turn it up till she says faggot. Ooh. Why is staring at us then? All right, it's up. 
They want to stare? They want to stare at me. They want to stare at me? <laughs> Look at her go. She's drunk. She's numb. She's just the kook. But the only refreshing thing about this movie is that she's a free spirit. You turn the sound off again. Well, does she, she hasn't said anything. All right, I'll put it back. Of course, so then you try to find one for me. What kind of a recharge do you think I am? Oh, she said it. She said recharge. You can turn it off. Just cigarette. All right, let's see if she says the F word. Oh, smoke. F bomb. Well, the next time she'll say it is when she learns about the coffin in the back. Let's calm down. I think she's gargling. Yeah. What she do, they're showing us she's outrageous. She's a crazy woman. She's outrageous. She's and like gonna... Barbara Streisand and What's Up, Doc? Where she's like, hey, <laughs> Ryan O'Neill, what's up, Doc? Right. Now we're go you know, we'll learn that she's going through a divorce and we'll learn that she's a Hollywood actress. And earlier this year, she was on an episode of Mod Squad. Wow. Oh, so it's a Hollywood. Now she's learning about the coffin in the back. And she's like, you idiot, you did that on purpose to make me feel like a jerk. Oh, he's, he revealed that it's actually just uh, waiting in on a train. No, uh, you know, she's like, my buddy, he's like, my buddy's in the back. And she goes, is he a faggot too? And he goes, no, he's dead. He's uh, he's in a coffin. I'm transporting him home. for." And she goes, you did that to make me feel bad. Look, she's reading the cliff notes to the script. Right, because she's not going to read the whole thing. Hmm. Act three, scene one. Party. Oh, these guys can take it. Yeah, that's right. She's so that's obnoxious. Oh, that's pretty convenient. I haven't. Have you ridden the train since the pandemic? Uh, no, I guess not. It's interesting. I went to the movies. Uh-huh. That's yeah. brave. I saw No Time to Die. Uh -huh. Yeah, you have No Time to Die. Listen, it's a 90% survival rate. It is uh, the flu. Okay. People who get it say, like, I felt a little achy. I mean, you sure you could die? But you're probably not going to bite. I chew. It's a three-hour movie, and I had a pee, so I'm in the I'm in peeing. I got my mask on, and I look, and the guy down the aisle is like his mask is off, and then I go wash my hands, and there's a guy brushing his teeth. <laughs> you were fucking in germ hell, right? Brushing his teeth at the at multiplex. Remember the guy walked past you and coughed or sneezed or something, and you were on. Yeah, that was a rough day. That weeks. was a bad day. That ruined my week. The next two weeks, I was worried about that. Yeah. It was three people, unmasked, walking side by side, taking up the entire dirt road, uh, dirt path. And then when I walked around them, the guy started to cough. That was a close one. You know, that was like during the beginning of the pandemic. I was wearing like cloth handkerchiefs, mm -hmm. you know, like bandanas and shit. Before you learned about the whatever, yes. you know, forget the no. I would, if it was weeks ago, I would be able to tell you the, the name of the mask. 
Okay, now she's like, you weren't lying. You were telling the truth. And she's going to sort of cry or whatever. And it's going to turn into consoling. And then that's going to turn into romance. Wow. Are they going to do it on top of the coffin? That would be a great scene. But unfortunately, I didn't direct this. Now, the guy who directed this, like, he's no slouch. He really has no slouch. Yeah. I was just saying, Richard Lester, I mean, he directed Superman 1, his version of Superman 2 is theatrically released, Superman 3, which he did before this, the Beatles I movies. I right? don't think he did one, no. I think he just did two and oh, three. Right. No, he did two and three. Right. No, but then, what made him big was England. Even though he's an American, he got his chops in England, but any, it was too, okay, like, Okay, in 1950, he was like a stagehand. Then he became the floor manager and then the assistant director and then the director. And that became in less than a year. Nobody else around knew how to be a director. He he just got sucked up into it. A variety show he did, like Peter Sellers saw it. And so he tried to make The Goon Show, the radio thing, a television show. and, And it was Dick Lester. He had to do it. Right. So he was big in English TV. He did lots of shows in English TV. Well, I, I've seen The Knack, which is kind of like the 60s youth movie. And then uh, and How to Get It, yeah. Yeah, and How to Get It. And, uh, you know, A Hard Day's Night and uh, Help were two great movies. Yeah, you see, he... Do you he, remember The Three Musketeers followed by The Four Musketeers during the 70s? Okay, well, after this movie, he'd take a break and then who go on to do the Three Musketeers. And then I think it was over for him. Well, no, no. He did like the return of the Three Musketeers. But in his heyday, in like 73, he did a Three Musketeers movie, which they just extended and made a second part. Uh, And it was called The Fourth Musketeers. Mm -hmm. I think I remember that as a kid. Um, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was one of those 70s uh, anomalies that... Most likely remember when you're young. Yeah. Okay, he made this movie, like, right after the English TV stuff called The Running, Jumping, and Standing Still. That's what it was called, film. The Running, Jumping, and Standing Still film. But it was like a favorite of John Lennon. John Lennon really liked it. And when the Beatles got, like, a list of people who could direct Hard Day's Night, he saw that name. And he says, oh, what's me? This guy does. Now, Becca, what are the Beatles? The Beatles are, it's like the most common form of insect. Oh. And they're not hive-driven. They're like rogues, you know? Um, hey, the FBI guy is in like, the storage area, but I don't see the coffin. That's right. He, he is on the case of the 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 thievery of the five million dollars. Okay, that's what he's there about. He doesn't really know about the coffin or the story. With, that he doesn't know that that's how they're sneaking the money. He doesn't know that this guy conned his way into using that to get on the train and you know get far away from roller girls. I know what a weird predicament. I got to flee Oakland by train. The roller derby's after me. So this Michael O'Keefe, I don't 
don't know. Somehow he became. He, I'm really not sure what it is, but he says there's a suspect on the train. Now, what could it be except for the chauffeur, right? Who can right. it be? So now he's going to interview him, and we have attempted hilarity at, like, you know, comedy of errors in their conversation. Do you know this woman? No. But you didn't even look at the picture. Well, I was only in the bathtub with her. Right. You don't think, then this is like, I mean, like, this is like the comedy scenes I like. There's a situation in, in a conflict and people go up against it. Now he says, do you know this woman? And that's the woman who's pretending to be the widow. But she doesn't, he doesn't know her. Right. He slept with the, the police chief's wife. Yeah, or, or they did something conjugal. I don't know that it was sex, but yes. But she she blew him with the tub water running or whatever. Yeah, I, I think that was just a joke because it would probably be impossible. Yeah, that's in Gimme an F2, the cheerleader movie. They're in a hot tub and these women pop their heads out of and And that happened in Back to America. No, back oh, oh, to coming, come, coming to America. Coming to America. Uh, what else? Uh, Easy Money? Was there a bit like that? So no, now Beverly D'Angelo is like, why did you lie to that FBI guy about your name? And she's like, you sure you want to get involved? And she goes, involved? Where have you been? You know, because they've been making out stuff. Is this a piano bar? So, yeah, it's a piano bar on the, on the, it's like a Wurlitzer on the, you know, they converted the food car into a bar for the movie. You see, this train buffs know this film. So a bunch of the sites that I found tells me all about what the train is. Well, you've been on the Amtrak train, Boston to New Jersey. You know, there's an yeah. observation. Uh, there's a first class and there's observation. There's general seating. There's like little hotel rooms for, you know. My father served under general seating in Vietnam. Huh. Two tours of duty. Wait, your father? Yes, he did. He served under general general section. What did you call the seating? General what? Electric. <laughs> yes, he served under general electric in Nam. Okay, so I just want to let you know, because you brought it up, this is, uh, there's a manufacturer called Bud, they make trains. So it's a Bud-built pocket steamliner of ex-Canadian Pacific cars, pulled oh. by a couple of former Canadian National GMD FP9A diesels. Well, I'll be. So this is all Canadian. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, this whole thing is in Canada. Um, it the the train has seven cars. Two of them are domes. That's the sort of observational thing, like you were talking about. Right. Um. Anyway, there's a lot of train sites that give a shit about this movie. Just like a lot of uh, bowling sites cared about that other one we saw. Oh, if I was into Canadian trains, this movie would be like such a pleasurable experience. Michael O'Keefe was the star of that film too. No, no, who was it? Which one, Snowpiercer? No, it was Rocky for bowling, and we saw it. 
Dreamer? Oh, that was Tim, Tim Matheson. Right, 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 right. They're both as bland. Now, look, the, the bad guy told him, you don't touch the cargo. Or So he was in the car and he goes, wait a minute. He called it cargo, not a body. He called it cargo. Right. So he's like, what? He goes and checks it out and he finds the money. She found the photo of the heiress. Right. So what she thinks is Michael O'Keefe is really a bad guy who killed the heiress, put her in the coffin, and Beverly D'Angelo thinks she's next. So you can see it's a miss, you know, three's company mistake. Well, but that's that's your comedy scene. There's a comedy yeah. of errors. Right, right. I mean, do you prefer it if it might, Michael O'Keefe showed up and started knocking things over? Whoops, sorry. Uh, no, I have no preference. It is a comedy of errors. Oh, that's just the guy at the bar. Oh, a misunderstanding. What a comedy of an error of a comedy. <laughs> wow, look at all that beer. Right, now, you see, it didn't get knocked over until Beverly D'Angelo goes under. Damn it. Quick, hide. Go outside. You, get out Blah. of here. See you what? again? Stop well, coming on great. to me. I've seen Beverly D'Angelo in all the vacation movies, but I don't think she's ever riding a train. Or need a guy in the groin? Oh, like yeah, but that was off camera. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that shaving in the public bathroom. Nice cold water from the tap. <laughs> That's it's his life cold. on the road. You got to get a good lather in there. A little comedy uh, face he has, like clown face. You know, we do know her from National Lampoon's Vacation movies, but she was in so much more. Oh, yeah, she's great. She's phenomenal. She's, she's probably the best things in those movies, too. Oh, I don't know. I think Vacation was just a killer film, and Chevy Chase nailed it. And yeah. she was just playing the role of supportive, uh, I don't know, she was, okay, well, let me see here. She was in Shampoo. Um, she was in American History X. She was the 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 mom. Interesting. She was in Every Which that. Way But Loose. Carl, uh, how many times have you seen American History X? 500 times? No, one time. Uh, that's the one with... Um, Edward uh, Norton. Yeah, and he hurt that poor man's jaw. On the he went to jail for it. That was yeah. just no. I remember. I, I remember the scene in which the the blind date or the date was Jewish, and he really got up in his grill, made him uncomfortable. Um, I remember the click he was in. Then he was separated from it, and he had to come back to it. Um. Why did you say I would see it 500 times? Oh, because you're a white supremacist. You know I'm a liberal, Mike, right? You know oh. I've never voted for a Republican in my life. You know my stepbrother's trans. You know my brother's gay. You know my brother, other brother's African-American. Uh, you know I grew up in East Orange. I do not think that I'm a white supremacist. No, but I didn't know half that information. We'll have to talk afterwards. Congratulations. You did so know all of that information. Yeah, congratulations. My first love was a Jewish woman. <laughs> uh-huh. Who's, who's that, Mrs. Deathfire? 
No, it was Wendy Osofsky in high school. But the thing is, like, you, some guy goes, some of my best friends are black. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I was raised in all black community. I, Mike, I don't ever question. Look, I don't believe in this cancel culture. I think it's bullshit. That doesn't make me. Carl, I was making a joke. I okay. was the scenes of the movie. I didn't, it didn't go further than that. <laughs> well, look, she was in Annie Hall. That kicks ass. Yeah, I don't remember that. I like that movie. Uh, she was actress in Rob's TV show. So Rob, who had a TV show, I guess she was, maybe her part wasn't big. Was it Rob Snyder? Right. Uh, she was in Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. That's kind of a Rob Schneider type film. She was in The House Bunny. She's been in some dumb things. Oh, yeah. I remember her in House Bunny. That's a great movie. She and got a Golden Globe for Patsy Klein in Coal Miner's Daughter. I was going to say, she's an accomplished singer. Yeah. Yeah. She was in Hair. Oh, yeah. She was the girlfriend in Hair, right? Really? Yeah, I think so. What was her sign, Aquarius? Uh, no, she's going to shock. It was the dog. That's they're pretending. So she went to them and said, "Michael O'Keefe, he's a murderer. He stole the money and put it in a coffin." And then she, you know, Go there and they he tells the truth. She sees the widow outside of the train. So obviously, she didn't kill and put her in a coffin if she's alive, you see? Right. So therefore, how are we gonna undo what I told the FBI? Well, pretend you're a crazy person who has fits, and that's what they're doing, and it'll work. So he's pretending he's in the military, and she's pretending that she has a mental problem. Right. They deserve each other, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoy your little private world. Well, this is just delightful. So we're going to get off the trains and they're on the second tier right now. That's some, some heavy duty shit. This is one of the dome cars that they refer to on the train sites. This is more of a commuter train. You know what I mean? Like you would people like go to LIR and push themselves in. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. But what do you know about the LIR? Oh, the LIR. Well, there's WLIR. It would stairs to be different. People call it frisky, call it frisky, but call it, you know, Frisco. And then every now and again, refer to it affectionately as, ah, it just, that's something that's just frisky for you. So this is not Nevada or Nebraska. This is still Canada. Right. Right now we are going to go over. Okay. We're going to go over Old Man River and the, the Old Man River Bridge in Leithbridge, Alberta. And by the way, that was Vancouver's Pacific Central Station that they were pretending was Oakland. Because trains, train websites got me in the know. Well, I'm glad you said that because I did see that segment and I was killing myself. Like, did they remodel? Because they, they did do a renovation of the, the main uh, hub over in, in Jack London, but it didn't look like it. It kind of looked like the Greyhound for a little bit, but it just didn't look like it. You know, well, you know, it's a good, I would recommend a TV show. We're back in sepia land. Uh, 
Turner and memory. Hooch. The memory. Oh, Turner and Hooch. The uh, oh TV yeah. Show? It takes place in San Francisco. And it's all digitally uh, edited. So they're walking in like three composites in the background. It looks nothing like any city you've seen. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Because I think he was in the Bay Area. Yeah, uh, it might have been the suburbs. Tom Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. He lived. Oh, there we go. That's the last of this guy. Well, it's not, but yes. Now that must have hurt. <laughs> yeah, the stunt man. This guy, he was in Death Wish Three. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, do something, Charlie. Two. Oh, you still got to do something. Do it again. Something needs to be done again, again. That's what's for the crackdown. Hey, uh, there's Century. Yep, that's Lewitt Gossett Jr. He got the message. When he was at the station, he called him and said, come help me, I'm in trouble. Oh, that's good. So they got their conman friend in on it. Right. And it's 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 not his dad. It's kind of it's not even his older brother. It's something in the middle. Like he's a teacher, but also in the same he's he's a friend because he's also a orf an orphan. But he I mean he's like got twelve to fifteen years on him, you know. Well, that's cool. So Luca, he did a uh, officer and a gentleman around this time, right? Eighty four. Oh, good, good question. Lou Gossett Jr. So, Office and a Gentleman. Officer and a Gentleman, I don't see it here. Iron Eagle was, okay. Yeah, Iron Eagle. A Enemy Mine, we know him from that. That was 85. Yeah, 1982. Right. 1982 was Officer and a Gentleman. So, this is after that, right. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, he was in some good things, but he was also in some crap. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he wrote a franchise, the Iron Eagle franchise, which Iron Eagle was stupid, and he wrote it. He Iron Eagle, Iron Eagle 2, Aces, Iron Eagle 3, Iron Eagle <laughs> on the Attack, the fourth film. Oh, there's no four. They just soaked it, soaked it. You don't think fans were like, I really got to know. I got to know. I got to know. What happened? No, I just need to see, see more planes, yeah. And also, <laughs> I, I think, so. I mean, there must be another reason why you're watching these movies. Like, maybe you're military and then you're doing the, the planes, the helicopters, the Iron Eagles. What are they? They're like giant... Uh, Iron Eagle was was a they were jet fighters. They were I I I don't I may, maybe Iron Eagle was the name of their group or something. Look, I did see Iron Eagle and they were jet they were flying jets, but then I quit on it. It was uh stupid. I never saw Iron Eagle two through four. Did you oh no, I don't think I've seen even the first one. I know there was like a Nicolas Cage movie with, with Charlie Sheen, which is basically the same idea. Mm -hmm. Maybe they go on missions. I have to see the Iron Eagles now. You do? Okay, enjoy. He was well, really good in Enemy Mine. Um, Enemy Mine is a good one. 
Yeah, he started out in 1961. He was in a, he was in a raisin in the sun. That's why he got a career. Um, yeah, you know, he was in the TV version of Blazing Saddles. The TV version. That's interesting. It was called Blackheart, and uh, I think it was listed as Junior. Or, uh, and uh, the story went that to keep the rights to Blazing Saddles, Warner Brothers had to uh, come up with a TV show within the end of the year. So they cranked out episodes of a TV show. They had no intention of airing. They just uh -huh. did it to hold the credits. So the the DVD of uh, Blazing Saddles, the, I guess the Blu-ray has the pilot. Interesting. He said, well, you know what the jerk too, our friend Garrett, whatever his name is. Right. He is in it. Wait, our friend Garrett? Yeah, our friend Garrett from the jerk too and Fridays. Oh, that guy, the um the star of Jerk Two, right. He's in oh, right. okay, gotcha. He's in the TV pilot of uh um well, that's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, why would you make a Blazing Saddles TV show? They had they contract they had to by contract. Yeah, so they said like you know the rights go back to Mel uh, Brooks unless you know the studio makes a TV show by the end of the year. Oh, so Mel Brooks? Yeah, he was trying to just okay, okay, interesting. And then they screwed him over. They said, "Here's your TV show. Enjoy." Right. But I don't know if they screwed him over. I don't well, think he ever used rights. Yeah, he probably has the rights. Maybe okay. I don't know. That's a good question. But he has the rights to Young Frankenstein, which was a Broadway play, and then the producers. And now what we're having is goodbye. Okay, the train is stopped at her stop, and she's getting in the taxi to go off to this like rehabilitation center because she's having a mental breakdown because of her divorce. But we'll get surprised when she doesn't get, the taxi actually does leave, but she goes back to the train and she's back with Sentry and Michael O'Keefe again. <clears throat> now we have dogs in this. Yeah, they've got uh, like a bank. They're, you know, it's like a Brinks truck has brought a bunch of money and it's gonna be transported. So they have Doberman Pinchers. Interesting. Is it? Yeah. Yes. All it's going to lead to is they need to get to the coffin and they can't because bark, 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 and then it'll go away. It's, I don't know. It's like, we need something here. And so they went back pa a couple pages and wrote in, okay, make a delivery of a Brinks truck. Okay. Okay. And then have Dobermans. Okay. Good, good, good. And that'll stop them from. That's so they needed a plot point. Yeah. Now, when they hug goodbye and kiss, she won't let go while the car starts moving. And that'll be our comedic point of this. Yeah, he, he has like a, not painterly way, but it's definitely everything is storyboard. Like it's a comic book. Mm -hmm. You don't really need to know, like it could be dubbed in another language and still comes across. Which is good for Lester. Well, what's he saying right now? He's saying... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's right. see. Okay. So 
He's a big man. He's the uh, world's oldest train conductor, right? So he's calling President Nixon and asking him to reroute the train to Nebraska instead of New York so that they can drop off this boy at his hometown. Or he'll call Walter Cronkite. So Nixon has put in an executive order to, that's maybe not the right term, to AMRAIL to divert the train to Nebraska. So that's what they're going to do. That's so passengers seem to mind. That's really funny. So now they're catching up on old times kind of thing. Ooh, Grifters playing cards on train. That was that was uh, the movie The Grifters with with uh, John Cusack. They're sort of playing with each other for fun. They are not doing card grifting. And what they'll do is he'll tell them that it's it's, it's about a million dollars. And then Lou Gossett Jr. will be go, it's five million dollars. Don't you read the news? And, you know, oh, he's on top of his research. Now, being on a train, you have to play playing cards, right? It's like a law. Yeah. When I went to uh, D.C. with my young, uh, my middle kid, I we played cards on the way. And yeah, if, that's right. If you're on a train, you really should bring a pack of cards. Look, yeah, of, yeah, I know. Look, he's uh, we've seen him in different states, so it looks good. Looking good, Brian. Now he was in um, Hard Time Three. No, he was in an LWAFLMOYT movie, uh, Little Miss Marker. Huh. Remember, and I criticized his acting. Like in this movie, he's doing acting. He's a character. He's got a play. But in that movie, he was just the thug who stood around and looked like a gorilla. Right. You know, they wanted Dudley Moore for this film. Warner Brothers wanted Dudley Moore. But the director and the writer were like... No, let's do an ensemble cast. So they messed up. I think that makes more sense, right? Um, I don't know. Dudley Moore might be funny on a train. Any movie Dudley Moore would have been in would have been really good. It would have been a hit. You know what I mean? It would have he would have made you laugh. He would have been wacky situations. You know, Dudley Moore is always the way to go. What 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 movie was he in that was bad? Uh, Mickey and Maud. Mickey and Maud, refresh my memory. That was a Blake Edwards movie with him and Robert and Richard Mulligan. Maybe I didn't see it. My memories of Dudley Moore movies are always they're well, spot the dazzled, on. The Dazzled's great. Yeah, The Dazzled was great. And Ten is funny. <clears throat> Ten is really good. Yeah, Ten is funny. Oh, what was that, that uh, Goldie Hawn uh, Chevy Chase movie? Seems like old times. Right, in which they were divorced and then got married. Um, no, like, he like there's a murder mystery. Like they get involved in a killing at a movie theater in San Francisco. What was it called? Uh, Good Times, Hard Swallow, uh, Fair Play. Fair Play? Yeah, I think it's called Fair Play. Okay, but you didn't mention that one. You talk, You mentioned another, Seems Like Old Times, you called it. Yeah, that might be a different movie. Yeah, that's the one in which Chevy Chase was married to Goldie Hawn, and then she she married the, like, mayor of 
Remember it had all the dogs and okay, never mind. What was what was that Goldie Hawn movie where there was three on a wire? <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna have to see Jim Carrey. Should we see our Jim Carrey cameo here? Oh, I I already saw Jim Carrey. Uh, uh, my video went to the all Jim Carrey scenes from Finders Keepers footage. <laughs> Not my plan, but. Okay, so there's Jim Carrey. Now, Yay. Jim Second Carrey group. has drafted the Dodge. Okay, Jim Carrey is the nephew of the mayor, Brian Dennehy. And he just got word that they're bringing Jim Carrey's body, who died in Vietnam, to his hometown in Nebraska. Now, of course, this is all like the mis crazy plot of Michael O'Keefe and Century you know, with the false name and everything. But Brian Dennehy doesn't know that. So he's like, what is going on? How can you be dead in Vietnam? So their plan is, let him bring the body here. We'll just bury it in the ground. And no one will ever find out that I harbored a draft dodge. Ooh, that, that's, that is topical. <laughs> now, look, see, Jim Carrey just plays, I'm a dummy throughout the whole thing. That's all his character does. And he doesn't do anything. They didn't know what they had. He doesn't do anything like super physical or, you know, like snap his finger in the propeller and then make an ouch face. You know, they didn't use any Jim Carrey outrageous Jerry Lewis stuff. Right. Now, at the time, Jim Carrey was trying to get on The Tonight Show. He had moved to L.A. He was performing at... Um, it's not in front of me, that 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 uh, one with Pauly Shore's mom. And oh, he was- Shore, the, the comedy store. The comedy store. And he was just trying to make his way onto The Tonight Show. Now, during this thing, he, he also got this part, he went off to do it, but Johnny liked him, but didn't pull him to the couch and it like broke his heart. <laughs> I know, it's such crazy politics. So anyway, that's what was going on in Jim Carrey's life. This was just something he did because he got a gig. Sure, I'm in a movie. I'm a comedian. He's not really a famous person yet. He didn't wasn't on In Living Color. Right. Well, he did uh, what Twice Bitten and then uh, The Duck Factory, which is a TV show. Yup. And uh, I guess Earth Girls Are Easy, where he, him and Damon Wayans have... Uh, yeah, I forget what year that was. This probably has to be like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, probably late 80s. And he was doing a bunch of Jim Carrey stuff in that. But, you know, it was after In Living Color really hit that he got a movie. And that was the uh, Ace Ventura. And then it went on to The Mask. You know, he right. and he just skyrocketed. Which okay. is amazing because, yeah. All right, so it's a Dennehy. Yeah, what's going on here is he goes, you know, like, words cannot express our sorrows. He goes, so there won't be any. Put the bit, put a bit. You know, it's like, he's obviously trying to rush the coffin to the ground. But they're making a big deal out of it because he's the mayor and it's his nephew and you must be grieving. And they put up banners and they have a band. Huh? There's the band. Now, we, want this to our, we want to trade Richard Lester's jokes down Broadway. 
Now, this is a little bit grandiose, not what they were expecting. They just wanted to get off the train with the coffin and and basically take the money. Because you can't steal what's already been stolen, you see. So this is like a precedent search comedy where there's a misunderstanding on a train. Right. So, well, never mind the train part of it. So what has to happen right now? The the train's leaving now. There will be no more train for the film. What? That's right. Of course, they're at their destination. So there was was a film called Hail the Conquering Hero where uh, Eddie Brackett's on a train going home. He was honorably discharged from the war. And he meets fellow Marines who won't allow him to say that he got discharged honorably. And they create this lie that he was a war hero, and then it just escalates. Gotcha. So by the time he gets to the train station, there's a, a band out there. Oh, right. Well, that's what's going on here. So they have to think on their feet quickly. So Louis Gossett Jr. just happens to be dressed as a priest so that he can, right. you know, he's a con- So he goes, I'm the reverend, uh, I am the father, and he sees the, like, the baby picture so he goes bassinet you know they're just really quickly she's singing a dumb she's reading a dumb poem she wrote there you lie in your coffin when you're buried i will visit you often and they're all rolling their eyes (laughs) so she's claiming to be the widow now that you know he never told you we were married Wow. So is, is he in getting a thrown together story so they can con their way out of, you know, they just want to get alone with the coffin and take the money. So Michael O'Keefe, he's dressed up in a uniform, as us civilians would say. But do you know, as a citizen, like what field, what uh, branch of uh, military service he's representing? And if by chance this widow is the same? This, this to me, it looks like he's an Air Force person, and he's got the stripes of a sergeant. That's what it looks like to me. I think that's an Air Force uniform. Is it green or blue? If it's green, it's an Army uniform. Oh, I got you. Might be blue. It's kind of washed out, and I get a blue vibe off of that. So that's why I was thinking it was Air Force. Right, because you go in the sky, which is blue. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Navy is white, Army is green, uh, Air Force is blue. Navy is green, right? No. For the water. No, Navy is white. (laughs) Oh, man. What what, Army's on the ground, so there you have green for grass. And Navy's, you know, blue, you know, they're in the sky, so they have, okay, so anyway, they're going straight to, you know, where is the mother? She's in prostrate. No, right. pro- yeah, prostate, prostate. And she goes, you mean prostrate. They're going straight to the, the, the graveyard to bury the body, which is just weird. You know, that's not the way you do it. You have a wake first. Well, they couldn't wake. They were waiting. They were waking outside the whole time. Uh-huh. So he got thrown off the train, our bad guy, and now he's trying to steal a car. You know, he's basically got it. He thinks he's trying to get to New York to intercept that coffin. That's what he thinks he needs to do. There's $5 million in it for him. But he doesn't know that the coffin is now at the southern town. 
Right, Nebraska. It's now in, let's see, what was the name? of the, It's the fictional town of High River, Nebraska. Fictional? Yeah. There's no real town like that? No, there is no High River, Nebraska. Now, there's one scene, and I don't want to ruin it, even though I love to spoil things Ooh. for you. No, I'm not doing it. But you can see they're in the town of Vulcan, Alberta. And you can see Vulcan on things. Oh. And they just said, yeah. screw it. Let's just finish this movie. I'm not Listen, doing it. halfway nothing. there. I feel like we are halfway through this movie. We we are. We're further than that. Yeah. We're, we're in Act 3 now. Because I don't know what else they can do. Is there anything else they can do? Well, they don't have the money, do they? No, but I mean, so they have to get the money. Guess where the money is? Six feet under. Right. So they got to be grave robbers now, of course. Of course. And they have to maintain this lie that I was married to him. I am the the chapel chaplain of him. I am the... So here comes... Why did you tell me you were married, Jim Carrey? Smack! I'm not out! <laughs> Your widow was at your funeral. Maybe I was drunk. Yeah, weird. I know. Maybe I was drunk. I have to see her. You're not seeing anybody. You're dead. <laughs> so what they're going to do is, I don't know, put them on a train or something. Like you're getting out. You're going to Canada, which they wouldn't be far, right? <laughs> right. This we on our show, we've seen it so many times. It's cheaper to film in Canada and pretend it's the US. We saw that for that National Lampoon movie. Yeah, uh, sure. Well, you know, they do that a lot, but this movie is like so Americana, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's about the war and it's about uh veterans returning and not returning, and there's a Americana train and they're in the middle of Nebraska. It just seems like this is all Canada. It's all Canada. It cheated me. Yeah. Yeah, it was driving me back crazy. I could not think of the Oakland uh, Amtrak like that, Amrail like that. <laughs> this isn't even oh, this isn't this isn't even a real company. Oh, she's finally seducing him. Well, I wouldn't say. But yeah, well, I don't think the, that's the right word, seducing. She's finally trying getting to, it on. She's trying to consummate the relationship. He goes, no, I'm too tense. I'm too tense. I'm too tense. And then she says, that's the point, Michael. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Now we're finding out that Walter Cronkite has flown to China. Okay. Uh, for some negotiation, so he won't be on the news tonight with so-and-so. What are we going to do? Well, I've got this local piece about a war hero coming home. They're like, fine, let's run with it. So that's how it's going to, like, get on TV. Right. This guy is so screwed. The bad guy will get wind of it, you know, and so will the fake widow. They'll both independently right. see it on the television, and then they'll make their way 
to the fake town of High River, Nebraska. Well, that's cool. I think so. Our but bad guy, you just don't recognize him, do you? I recognize him. You do? He's from Caddyshack. No. Our bad guy, the bad guy, who stole yeah, the, I recognize in the first place. Yeah, he worked at the bank with Lucy. <laughs> I'm going to read you his movies, right? And you've seen them all. He yeah, looked, no, I, you told me he was in Homeward Bound 2. He was in Cameron Boy. He was in Sudden Impact. He was in uh, Poseidon Adventure, Above Ground Adventure. No. Uh, no, he wasn't in any of those films. He was in Barney Miller, the TV show, the movie. That's true. He was in Barney Miller. Are you reading off of IMDb or something? No, I took a guess. Why wouldn't he be on Barney Miller? Oh, you took a guess. Okay. He was in Last American Hero with Jeff Bridges. He was in The Longest Yard, French Connection 2, King Kong with Jeff Bridges. He was in Cujo, Death Wish 3, Revenge of the Nerds 2. Um, he was in Born in the Fourth of July, My Blue Heaven, The Rocketeer, School Ties, True Romance, Wagons East, Leaving Las Vegas, Talladega Nights, and The Number 23, that other Jim Carrey vehicle. All anyway, right. if you saw his face in those movies, you go, oh, that guy. Because he's bald, right. you see. He looks different. There's Sentry. Did, wasn't the Gossa Jr. in the movie Deal of the Century in 83? Um, with Chevy Chase? Chevy Chase was in a movie. I think it was Sigourney Weaver and Lou Gossa Jr. I'm going to check. I just didn't write it down. I only wrote down what I thought was interesting. Like he was in Jaws 3D, you know? And he right. was in Bram Stoker's Legend of the Mummy. You, you might be right about that. I only wrote down what piqued my interest. Well, that movie is made fun in Bachelor Party. At the end of Bachelor Party, they go to a movie theater. Mm -hmm. And on the marquee is a movie called Meal of the Century. Oh, very nice. Okay, now she sees herself no, on TV. I take it back, Gregory Hines. I feel embarrassed. Gregory Hines, yeah, we saw him in another LWAFL. Oh, this is this is actually directed by William Freakin. God, I gotta see that movie. All right, I take it back. You remember the Zoo Gang? Yeah, I remember the Zoo Gang with Ben that's, Vereen. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Ben Vereen. Yeah, it's bad enough I got... Uh, okay. Now, this guy was in, he the FBI guy, he was in Newhart. Do you recognize him? Uh, no, I didn't really watch Newhart, but I recognize the guy. Yeah, because he became a character actor after that success, and he was in... He was uh, in Love American Style, Pastrami on Rye American Style. Remember <laughs> that episode? No. It was uh, Love and the Pastrami Sandwich. Okay, this he was Stu Pickles in Rugrats, okay? That's how he ended his career. But listen to this. He was in LWAFLMOIT's Rented Lips. Oh, wow. That's a good movie. Robert Downey Sr. And this one you would be interested in. He was in Theodore Rex. Oh, yeah. And wow, this guy is... Wildly interest you. He was in Chud 2. That's not the one we saw. 
Yeah, we saw Chud 2, Brother Chud. Oh, we didn't see Chud 3? We saw Chud 2? I believe there was never a Chud 3. Okay, then this, he must have been one of those military guys. Uh, right. Okay, let me just tell you, he was in High Anxiety, Silent Movie, Catch-22, The Long Goodbye. This is interesting. He was in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Uh, oh. He was in History of the World Part 1. He was in Boogie Nights. And like I said, he was Stu Pickles. He was Rugrats. Right. His name's Jack Riley, and Newhart started his career. Okay, they've dug up the graves and they got the money now, but they hear something in the bushes, so they're running away instead of filling in the dish. Now, here is the the cousin, and then Jim Carrey, her cousin, reveals himself, and she thinks, you are yeah. walking... You're of the dead. Look at him. He's so restrained. Yeah, he's just a regular actor. He's 23 years old. He dialed it down to 700. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, his movies are unstoppable. They're a little dated. I don't, I don't think a lot of it flies now, but... You know, he made a kid's movie where he couldn't lie, and he, his whole body is physical, like, trying to not lie. That Liar Liars, that film, I loved yeah. it. It was a great film. Yeah. So they, the sneak in, they sneak into the hotel. They don't want to go through the lobby, but they find the place has been ransacked and ransacked, and we know why our bad guy kidnapped Beverly D'Angelo. Have you seen The Widow? No, but I heard she didn't want to be disturbed. Anything wrong? No, nothing's wrong. We're just going to continue our comedy of errors as the FBI show up. Right. Look, it's Donald Trump. Oh, no, it's Dennehy. And, okay, what happens in this scene is Dennehy's like, okay, she goes, so and so, your nephew's risen from the dead. You're, um, yeah, it's it, now, Brian Dennehy knows what that means. He's not dead, right? right? So he's got to fake it because he's trying to scam his daughter. But who should walk right in? Oh, right. But Jim Carrey. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, hello, Mr. Dennehy. You see, he is alive, Danny. He's still wearing that uniform. That's right. Throughout the whole film, he'll wear this uniform and he'll be a priest. Right. But they better run. No, take it easy. Now, so what I thought was Lou Gossett Jr. was going to say, look, they took this woman who you met yesterday. Let's take the money and leave. But no, that's not what he does. He's like, we got to go after her. He plays a video. So your girlfriend's been kidnapped. Now check this out. The bad guy found an abandoned house. And now the movie's going to get good for about 15 minutes. This abandoned oh, house was, yeah, was being moved. It's not oh. an abandoned house. Little house in the parkway. <laughs> very good. Very quick, Michael. Very quick. 
So this is a uh, as they do. But what would the rat race? Uh, uh, Kumi Jr. gets okay. trapped in a moving Look house. Look at the bad guy now. Maybe you'll recognize him now. He's got his wig off. This guy? No, he's Michael. Carl. Oh, he's a cop. My mistake. Now, the bad oh, guy in our film just took off his wig and shoved it into Beverly D'Angelo's mouth to shut her up. So next right. time you see our bad guy, maybe you'll recognize him from all those films. All right. I cannot wait. <laughs> Which to me ain't I can wait. Which means I can wait. <laughs> this is supposed to be like the goofy cops, you know, he's sleeping. His wife kicked him out. Hello? He looks worse than this print. This print's shabby. He looks even shabbier. Mr. Shabba, man. Shabba. Shabba shalom to you, Michael. It's a lot of phone calls. What happened to his eye? The, his wife. <laughs> we don't get to see that. It's just comedic. Yeah. These are, you know, it's the the high river cops and their dummies and, you know. Yeah, I get it. He goes, come on, let's go. He goes, do you want me to hang up the phone? He goes, come on, you idiot. Let's go. Now, for some reason, when he goes down into this dumpster, we hear a splash. But then he's not wet. Well, he's like garbage with that dumpster water. Yeah, it's dumpster water. Maybe it's just his feet went in it. You, now, you know, you okay, gotta... Take a look at him. Take a look at him. Now, do you recognize him? Yeah. He, he was like a mean guy on Happy Days. <laughs> oh, so he said, shit. it's that girl. He goes, hey, pull over the car. And he's like, oh, that's all I need, a hijacker. Right, so, how, uh, more like a housejacker. <laughs> he wants the, they should have done your joke. That would have been good. He wants the, the house to turn around and go back and where it was parked you know, go back to the original spot because he knows that's where the guys with the money are coming. Oh, right. Yeah, they're far away from the money. Meanwhile, the Gateway Hotel. Oh, yeah, we're far away from the money. Michael, Michael, they, they stolen Beverly D'Angelo, got her in a house, and he says, come to this address. So now they're coming with the money to, you know, exchange it for Beverly D'Angelo. But the house has moved. So he's saying, drive back to where we were. So I'm at the right. That sounds like, that sounds like a his problem, not a Mike problem. Okay. Okay. You know, I wish him the best. Look at Jim Carrey. So restrained. Okay. Now, yeah, he is restrained. Now the cop is going to completely overhear Brian Dennehy on the phone to his wife saying, you let him out. People are going to find out I'm few. I'm harboring a fugitive, a draft dodger. So the cops overhearing the whole thing. He goes, nice. "Some eager young cop is going to come in here and put me under arrest and make captain." You know, so uh, Bob Odenkirk. Funny. Bob Odenkirk heard all that. Bob Odenkirk. This guy. He goes, "You're under arrest, and I'm about to make captain." He goes, you're making a big mistake. He goes, I'm making captain. <laughs> Hands uh, up. 
Whoa. Lock that shit up. Yeah. Okay, so he arrives like, what do you, there's a house, there was a house right here? We're supposed to meet a guy here. He goes, he's, he, they took the house down the road. So now he's going to get with Lou Gossett Jr. and go after the house, which is trying to come back to them, you see. Right. I guess I see. Well, I'm so glad we left the train. I was bored of that train. Yeah. It was, see, that's the thing. It was it never a train movie, but train sites want to say it is. You know what's funny is that we saw the trailer to this movie and they said, I know it's going to happen to that house. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's in the trailer. Okay. It's like one scene of many. All right. Well, I didn't want to ruin it for you, but yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. And like this movie gets good for like eight to 10 to 12 minutes or so when right. they're butting around in the house. You know, because it's on the move. He's trying to make it turn around, and then it won't clear the the sign, which says Vulcan, by the way. They're clearly in Vulcan, Alberta. Right, that's so weird. So the widow now saw the news story and knows where they are, so she's now trying to hide, you know, her face, because she is the kidnapped heiress. At least that's what the news story is saying, you see. That's a lie. Got her. Oh, yeah. Federal officer. Bob Newhart, FBI. This way, ma'am. Stu, Stu Pickles, FBI, ma'am. Wow, he bravely used a vacuum cleaner on a woman with a gun. That's right. Now she takes the turns the gun on them. Well, no, she for a couple seconds she had a gun and she had them all. Don't move. Uh-oh. Now, you seem to know her and like her. I don't even really know her. I know that she was in um, not necessarily the news. Yeah, so she was also, uh, she's British. She was on not necessarily the news, the British one. And then she was on HBO's version, not necessarily the news. Mm -hmm. And then she was on SNL during the 80s. Oh, I missed that. Now, she was Superman 3, the the remember not miss Tessmacher, the remember the beautiful woman who was secretly really smart in right. superman 3 that's her yeah that's about right she uh she's part of the kenny everett show kenny everett is this british comedian he has a comedy movie horror movie and it's on youtube it's called bloodbath at the uh, house of death and she's in that as well now she is actually new england She's no New Zealand. She was New Zealand born, but she she is a resident in both the United States and the United Kingdom. Wow, what a life! Yeah, well, she's married to Sir Billy Connolly. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, she left yeah, her really. Mm -hmm. He passed away, right? I don't know, but I know that she wrote several books, including a biography of Sir Billy Connolly. And she is a psychologist. Uh, she's got a show called Shrink Wrap on British and Australian te television. Like um, good friend Rich Hall. 
she was married to Nicholas Ball, who she left in the mid-70s to be with Billy Connolly. She lived with Connolly 10 years before they were married in Fiji in 89. Wow. It's funny because Beverly D'Angelo really looks like she has a beard. Now, Michael O'Keefe puts his big boy pants on and beats the crap out of the bad guy. It's about time he did something. I go his, his way. He's getting the gun. Drop Beverly D'Angelo knocked her out. Uh-oh. Lewis Gossett Jr. does not know how to drive uh, a truck, you know. He doesn't right. know gears or anything. You see, it says Vulcan. It's so obviously Vulcan, Alberta. So weird. Yeah, Vulcan. Welcome to Vulcan. Yeah, and they destroyed their sign. That's not a made-up sign. They didn't really destroy it. They had the gag built out. Yeah, you're right. So that's hilarity because the house, right, right, is gone. They've gone from Preston Surge to Harold Lloyd. This has got to be part of the reason this budget was seven million dollars. They're doing this. Yes. Oh no! Are- Look, Vulcan Annual Fair. It's it's so obviously Alberta. Yeah, you're right. Weird. It's Not is- Nebraska. Well, it could be Vulcan, Nebraska. I guess so. Yay, we're we're safe. There was this funny bit. He takes the gag out of her mouth and he goes, he grabbed me because he gagged me and then she starts screaming. And so he puts the gag back in. The dental tools on that guy's groin. Yeah. And yeah, did you see a thing flung, hit him, and he goes, now this won't hurt a bit. And then it goes in his groin. Like, ah! What a stunt. Look how tough this stunt is. Oh, look, he's asleep. Or is he dead? Well, he got hit on the head, so he's not, he's movie unconscious. He got knocked out. Hiya, chop. Uh oh. Speaking of movie, here's the train. I'll try to drive again. House record. House lie. Whoa, this guy gets hurt so much. Yeah. Look at him. He looks like the guy from 1941. <laughs> That's right. I punched him. Tree Williams. The film, Uh-oh. not the year. Oh, no, a train. Not a train. But it will just miss and block the bad guy from getting to the house. Curses. This was a novel <laughs> 10 years earlier. What's that? He's Craig T. Nelson. I totally recognize him. He's Craig T. Nelson. He's coach. You're under arrest for the stealing of $5 million. Right. Bye. Bye bye. For a delightful pair. Now, how do they get off the house and onto a train? Yeah, you know. Wait, where's the money? Where's the money? He 
goes, what's this? And Beverly D'Angelo goes, that's the yellow pages. <laughs> Which no young person will know what we're talking about. They probably will, right? Listen, if they know what a train is, they should know what a yellow page is. <laughs> it's Maybe still a they website. Maybe trained on the yellow pages. Look at this. Lou Gossett had the money all along. Can you tell me? So they're off for the sequel. Yeah, right. Finders Keepers 2, that's never going to happen. Well, you know, Carl, we're, we're bonafide losers, so anything called Finders Keepers, you know, you go. Losers, <laughs> weepers. Remember, we were bonafide losers in the 90s, man. That was our... Yeah. We had a loser dance. Yeah, we had the loser dance. And I went on to have that rock band, Loser. Right, that's right. You had the song Loser and the movie yeah. Loser. Yeah, it was a busy day. I didn't well, have a movie loser. Okay, it's over. It's over. Ladies and gentlemen, we are down at the end. Here's the final view of Canada as the train chugs along. Carl, what'd you think of this movie, Finders Keepers? It was very bland. I thought Beverly D'Angelo was good, but I thought the house stuff was hilarious. Right. It it was, you know, it was mostly not funny. You know, the oldest conductor and the FBI gaps and you know, Fred, uh, our Star Trek connections, like spilling stuff on himself. I don't know. It had a few shiny moments, but overall it was, it was a, a bland non-C film. If you miss this one, you'll be okay. That's one way of putting it. I mean, if you're a Lister, Richard Lister fan and you're trying to watch all his movies, you just watched another one, but who based on a novel, the next to last train ride. By yeah, Michelle. it was 10 years earlier. And the people who bought the rights, they really believed in that film, and they they were going to make it happen. Let me just tell you its name. He got to co-writing. Terrence Marsh and his wife bought the rights to this book. Warner Brothers agreed to do it. Um, Terrence Marsh was gets a co-writing credit for the screenplay. He wanted to direct it, but he everyone told him, listen, just get someone who knows what they're doing. You want this to right. be it. So we did. Huh. Well, there it is. The, uh, the list of uh, cast of characters, the last credit. And now we want to thank Alberta and British Columbia for pretending to be American. Yeah, thank you, guys. Why don't you just become our 51st state? We'll have you. Come on, guys. Let's be friends. Didn't Canadians fight in the war? Can you do like, anyway. Yeah, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, a little known Richard Lester movie wasn't bad but he definitely just kind of broad you know like the, the comedy goes well we are going to switch gears we are here every sunday at hairmediaradio.fm and we also have our podcast l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t and our fantastic youtube channel l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t and our facebook page let's watch the full length movie on youtube right so carl next week we're going from comedy <laughs> you like that comedy <laughs> <laughs> to, to massacre oh, yes massacre of central high time okay uh, central high and this is a recommendation of a listener tell me tell me more uh, it was a facebook comment i sent you the link it's jill duncan it's not in front of me that's that it's jill duncan 
Thank oh. you for the suggestion. Thank you, Jill Duncan. We're going to definitely watch Massacre. How do you spell Massacre, Carl? M-A-S-S-A-K-E-R. Massacre. Massacre. Yeah, that doesn't sound so bad. M-A-S-S. Okay, I'll just say. Who doesn't want a massive, an acre? Massacre, Central High. All right. Well, you know how to spell something. Just say it into your speech recognition. Oh, well, I'm using my my PlayStation. Here, I'm at war with the Army. What number PlayStation is that? This is the four. (laughs) What? What what says you? I found it. It's M-A-S-S-A-C-R-E, Massacre. And we like Synapse Films, I guess. Okay. All right. Do you want to do the audio and we'll rock it? Okay. I will do the audio. Okay. So everybody find Massacre at Central High, 1976 theatrical trailer. We like the channel Synapse Films. Press play and hit pause and slide it back to zero, zero, zero. I'm turning my sound all the way up. Great. Thank you, Carl. Oh, yeah. Please don't mention it. Are you ready? Uh, Yeah, of course. Three. You don't have it. You're queued up. Three, two, one, go. Welcome. Welcome. Wow. Well, thank you. The interiors look like they're cars. Ooh, yeah. they got a cool, cool, cool cars. There's no, there's no adults in this movie. Oh. You do it. You are watching it. I am. They just blew up a car and then it said massacre. Oh, look, it's Squashua. Who put the swastika on my locker? The inner crowd. So it's Nazis. Ooh, hey, she's from It Is Enough. She's Mary. Yeah. Oh, there's Jerry O'Donnell. Oh, no. Massacre at the library. <laughs> Teenage boobies. Guys don't know how to fight a chair. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing. Oh, right, they're going to blow up the school. Yeah, it's called, it's not really playing with fire if it's arson. It's more work. Look at that. They, they hit the hit. Wow, there's budget, right? Yeah. Whoa, there goes the van. Oh, wow. my DoorDash. My oh, DoorDash. in high school. That's crazy. Oh, you saw some balls on that guy. You check out the balls on that guy? No, I didn't. But, but what he did in that scene shocked me. <laughs> Electrifying. We're at the dance. He glided oh, through it. Look, he's got a boom. Wow, this movie kicks ass. This is going to be a lot to look at. Oh, my God. Oh, my This whole movie. Oh, look at that. Boom. <laughs> Two thumbs up, Ted Gazinski. There. <laughs> Two thumbs up, Jeffrey Dahmer. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, next week we're going to be watching Massacre at Central High. A psychotic boy in high school blows up his enemies. Nothing to do with Heathers, I guess, but it's from 1976. We're looking forward to it next week. Check it out. Uh, and should always uh, check us out. Check out Mutiny Radio. Thank you so much for being part of our day, uh, your day as well. Uh, Carl, thanks so much for those Let's research watch. and getting these films up on uh, YouTube. It's beautiful. Thanks, Mike. On you. My turn-ons are dancing in the dark, kissing on a lark, and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. the flies be too. The experiment is with will be to observe the behavior of the world with flies, what you give, what you feed, what you take away, and these tiny, short-lived, anarchic flies, I see them grow up, be peaceful, and die, to perhaps live again, and when you alter the food supply, in this experiment, raw animal fats, they start the guard, they send aerials that bombard you, to protect their land, yes. I'm the lord of the flies, and they resent their lord, they located me in a small bunker, WWN, I know that's not a direction, but it's probably a 24 hours news channel, I know, the docile flies found some yogurt, or some mush in the sink, and others just hung out on the cabinetry. I watch them crossbreed into different types of flies, they are creatures, one let me photograph it, it makes me feel like food supply is so important, and I have this supposition that shared food creates a sympathy, that's my buddy less than that's greater than work, but when you remove the food supply, they attack you, because now your food, flies represent humanity, as God is in all things, or Lord, if you're not anarchic, as really, the world is really, and your house is the world, and you don't have to be a Lord, to treat it right, or wasps better than flies. They behave differently, but this intelligence is all around us, recognize, atmospheric intelligence, yeah, even the buzzy little UFOs, if you can see them, flies can, the sequence operational photos with descriptions are absorbed, radio in, we have escalating disturbances. I think I just gave my best, as a gift, to the flies, your lord, you may not get it, get it, dot, get it. That's the power of cubed. I'm not trying to kill flies. I'm trying to return them to nature, and what is our nature? It's how we promote life to, where they choose to be, sort of wants can be provided for, and for a cost, so I guess the old adage, careful what you wish for, is true and abused. It's a negotiation of connection rudimentary attempt at an everlasting presence on this planet, but man. I know it's a kick, but there are so many chromosomal clones, and the Earth keeps trying, maybe to have a sun again. I don't know, but you know this. Whatever you do on Earth, is. I'm not trying to kill flies. I'm trying to return them to nature, and what is our nature? It's how we promote life to, where they choose to be, sort of wants can be provided for, and for a cost, so I guess the old adage, careful what you wish for, is true and abused. It's a negotiation of connection rudimentary attempt at an everlasting presence on this planet, but man. I know it's a kick, but there are so many chromosomal clones, and the Earth keeps trying, maybe, to have a sun again. I don't know, but do know this. Whatever you do on Earth, is remembered, simple. Gravity, get it. That's all for now, that I'm at liberty to disclose, no to hash, bleed 101, hashtag experiment, that the aggressors, that were fed, are still well fed, and as aggressive as ever, remove their meat, and they find you, they'll feed on the deaths in from your ears, the protein of your spilled blood, your tears, fears, leftover beers, drunk, punks, with badges, didn't know to check off life or death, got nothing left, but to win, tin, man, if only he had a brain, explained, to the curtain, certainly got in one day, we'll be saying, the evolution cycle is faster, as we think, less than less than less than, say clean boys, greater than greater than military intelligence is your intelligence, to 
bring yourself and others peace. It's a rationing, rational experiment designed to inform command, but whose command is your choice unless drafted, get it. Code for not yet complete, the more you're in the shit, the less shit you give, and with that relief, so, relieve yourselves, soldiers. Operational itemization, 1x delivery of experimental device, 1x on-site personnel, 1x special forces for duration, and x schizophrenic, mad enough to operate all roles of duration, 2x days operational, collate, publish, smiley face. I'm not trying to kill flies, I'm trying to return them to nature, and what is our nature? It's how we promote life to, where they choose to be, sort of wants can be provided for, and for a cost, so I guess the old adage, careful what you wish for, is true and abused. It's a negotiation of connection rudimentary attempt at an everlasting presence on this planet, but man. I know it's a kick, but there are so many chromosomal clones, and the Earth keeps trying, maybe to have a son again. I don't know, but do know this. Whatever you do on Earth, is remembered, simple. Gravity, get it. That's all for now, that I'm at liberty to disclose, no to hash bleed 101 hashtag experiment that, the aggressors, that were fed, are still well fed, and as aggressive as ever, remove their meat, and they find you, they'll feed on the dead skin from your ears, the protein of your spilled blood, your tears, fears, leftover beers, drunk, punk, 